0: Caster. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. touched touchdown! Kansas City! Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, we have you covered. Joining Sports Daily Live, executive
2: producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. And we welcome in, Dan Israel, our weekly visit. And, Dan, it all comes down to this. In a Super Bowl featuring the two best teams in football this year, that the numbers are so similar it's scary, but their paths to getting to those numbers are very different. Welcome in from Arizona. Uh, I I would imagine that the climate is treating you well. (laughs) I would tell you the temperature and describe the scene, but it will just make you jealous. Okay, well, we appreciate that. Let's not do that. Then let's <laughs> talk about this game, which I don't know about you, Dan. It is just so unpredictable because yes, these teams are both been the best all year, but man, their paths to get there have been different and they haven't played a lot of the same people and they're both dealing with some injuries and I have no idea how to look at this because I could see it going about a thousand different ways. Yeah, I think one of the most
0: interesting things about the Super Bowl is it pits the two conferences together, and the two conferences, even though we have interplay with the conferences, we only play four games out of the out of the 17 games that we play, the 18-week schedule. You only play typically four of those in an opposing conference, so you really don't know how you stack up against that conference. Eagles have dominated the NFC most of the year, but... We really don't know how that relates to the AFC. We certainly know the Chiefs have been battle-tested, man. You look at the the Eagles' schedule, it doesn't look terribly daunting compared to the Chiefs' schedule, which was the number one in the National Football League. Uh, You would think the Chiefs are going to be able to handle the Eagles, but again, you just never know. And I think that's one of the reasons that the the Super Bowl sometimes can be a disappointment is because the the two conferences – Aren't completely aligned. And, and so sometimes those championship games become the biggest or the uh, best football. But certainly the spectacle of the Super Bowl, there's nothing like it.
1: So, Dan, I want to ask you uh, something about what we talked, uh, Jacob and I talked about last hour uh, about this Super Bowl and, and about how this team is built and made up and about how uh, I think it's what, 24 out of the 53 guys on the roster. We're not on the team last year and 10 of them are rookies and just the the work that brett Veach has done in building this team and still getting them back to a super bowl so uh, of course you've got a ton of new faces that are there in arizona right now soaking in uh the 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 glow of their first super bowl but talk a little bit about your overall uh, thoughts on the way that this team has been built and getting them ready to play in a super bowl on sunday
0: yeah, as far as the way they've been built, I don't think we're giving Brett Veach enough credit. I mean, he has really done something that is so unique. When you're acquiring starting caliber players out of the seventh round in the draft, I mean, that's got to make every talent scout in the National Football League, in college football, maybe even high school jealous. It's just, it, he's done such an amazing job. And, and I think it's really worth noting that he is not bringing in just starting caliber talent he's bringing in guys that fit this team it really is a recipe and it it matters who you put in the locker room and and to see these guys coming into the locker room they're the right kind of character the right makeup mentally they've learned very quickly it's almost unfair to call them rookies now right but they they've just done so well and i i just don't think we're giving brett veach enough credit maybe we are maybe we mention his name but i think when you go into really what his job is his whole department's just done an outstanding job As to getting them ready for the super bowl i think that's one of the beauties that we have one of the assets we have over the philadelphia eagles there are a lot of guys who have been to this game who have been through a win who have been through a loss they know what it's like to be here and And it's incumbent on those guys to take care of teaching the the, the guys who haven't what they're in for. Coach Reed always talks about, does everybody know what we're doing next? And I think that's really the way he, uh, he treats this from the top down. We're not talking about Sunday afternoon yet. We're talking about what happens today. Okay. We have a walkthrough today. You've got media today during the media. This is what you're going to be faced with. This is what you need to know. And, and so I think he just Coach Reed does such a good job of getting the players always prepared for anything, whether it's snow, whether it's playing an opponent that we don't normally see, or the Super Bowl. And, and I think he'll do the same this time. It was kind of interesting last night at opening night, as the players came out on stage, they all had their cell phones. And they were taping. I think that just goes to show how intense and immense this game is that the players themselves are, are videotaping instead of just fans videotaping them.
2: Dan, I, when we look at this, we we love the storylines. We love everything about it. One of the storylines we talked about is, is just Patrick Mahomes, and he was asked about chasing Brady. And it just sort of gets me curious. All the trips to the AFC championships now, but only one Super Bowl. And it feels to me like there is a lot more pressure on the Chiefs in this game than there is the Eagles because we may be entering that territory that if the Chiefs don't get it done in this game, we'll, you'll start to hear whispers of, yeah, but they can't get it done in the big game. And that's probably Tom Brady's fault. But we're And it's a credit to how often they're getting there. But do you feel that pressure this time around? You know, I don't really see that, to be honest with you, I don't really see that on
0: Mahomes. Uh, I see a little bit of that pressure from Kelsey's standpoint because I, I think he knows the opportunities are so difficult to come by and, and how many more will he have in his career at age 34 or 33, however old he is. From Mahomes' standpoint, I, Mahomes always just strikes me as, you know, the guy, he wants to win the next game which is very Brady-like, to be honest. Uh, It's just about the next game. And I think when you look at their legacies, to your point, it is a big deal. There is a huge deal between one Super Bowl and two. I mean, that's just the reality. There are very few teams that have multiple Super Super Bowls. When you talk about teams, not franchises, but teams, you know, the, the Chiefs of the 60s, they dominated the 60s what, four, AFC, uh, four championship games, and they were just so intense in the 60s, yet they only played in two Super Bowls and only won one. So uh, very difficult, very uh, important. Does it, you know, w- w- would people start to put them in the category, maybe of the Buffalo Bills from the 90s? I-, I don't know the answer to that completely. I guess some of that would depend on how they play. You know, is it a competitive game, or did the Eagles just blow the Chiefs out, which I kind of think would be – it would surprise me if the Eagles blew us out. But uh, I, I do think it's important, and I think in an irony, if you look at Tyreek Hill's career, great wide receiver, nobody would question that he's, that he's one of the best receivers in the league. But is he a first-ballot Hall of Famer? I don't think he is, not with one Super Bowl. Had he stayed and acquired a second
1: one, different story. You know, one of the major storylines, Dan, uh, of course, everybody talking about Andy Reid facing his former team in in the Super Bowl. But I think another storyline that's similar to that, but maybe not getting quite as much coverage. And I didn't even know this until a couple of weeks ago. I didn't even realize Nick Sirianni was on the chief staff uh, back in the Todd Haley and Romeo Cornell days. And, you know, Nick Sirianni strikes me as kind of the guy that is a chip on his shoulder kind of guy. And uh, of course was asked about Andy Reed, not retaining him when Reed came to Kansas city. Uh, And so of course we can talk all day long about Andy Reed facing his former team, but what do you think about the storyline of Nick Sirianni facing his?
0: Yeah, I think it's, I think it is a little bit of a a fuel for, for Nick. I would also tell you that, you know, to, the story is kind of being characterized that Nick was fired by Reed, which is technically true. But I think more appropriately, Andy brought a bunch of people from Philadelphia to Kansas City. Some of the people he brought from Philadelphia to Kansas City already had that job. So I think it was really more about bringing in his people than it was about his lack of confidence in Nick. However, if you're Nick Sirianni, I don't see how it couldn't – you couldn't feel you a little bit. You know, I think even for Coach Reed, I, you know, he loves the Eagles organization. He loves the people. He loves the owners. He knew it was time to leave. There wasn't a lot of animosity there. But you can't tell me deep down inside, as competitive as, as these guys are, that they don't want to beat their former teams. You know, I, I just think that's part of it. And and certainly, Nick, I'm sure, wanted to stay here. So I think for him, it's probably more intense than for Coach Reed. But, uh, uh, you know, I... I I just can't believe that there's not a little of that going both directions.
2: Well, and Dan, too, like it reminds me of the Super Bowl win in Miami. You know, those players wanted it so badly for Andy Reid at that point to finally get over that hump. So even if Andy Reid doesn't want to beat Philadelphia and he can, you know, put that away and file it away, man, I think his players are going to want to help him beat Philadelphia. Whether he's talking about it or not, I would be willing to bet that they are. Don't you think?
0: Yeah, I think you're right, actually. And and I think those little things can be a difference maker. I think the storyline with the Kelsey brothers is interesting. I'll tell you, as a parent, I think the parents are probably most glad that each brother has a, a Super Bowl already because, you know, that would be really hard if one brother had a Super Bowl and the other didn't. You'd almost have to vote for the one that didn't. But, you know, having them equally, uh, you know, awarded i think it makes it a little bit easier but i i think the 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 players want to fight for each other and is they love coach reed so i i can certainly see a handful of these guys especially the guys that have been around been around to watch how hard coach reed works how much it means to him yeah i think that they'd not only like to get him a, a second trophy they'd like to get it against his former team i think that'd be a big deal
1: Dan, there are so many different ways that this game can go on Sunday. Uh, of course, we kind of transition out of the, the storylines and the narratives and into the actual gameplay itself. Uh, and, you know, I think everybody has an opinion on the best way for each team to get to victory. And one of the things that I've been more focused on uh, over the last, I don't know, few days or so thinking about this game is really having Kansas City have the opportunity to to establish the run game better than they did in the AFC Championship game, kind of like what they did in the divisional round against the Jags with Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon. I know Clyde edwards Lair has been activated. I don't know what his role will necessarily be in this game. Uh, but regardless, Philly's run defense is about middle of the road in the NFL this season. Uh, it's better than it was at the start of the season, but I really feel like if the Chiefs can get that momentum going, establish that run game, and especially with some of the injuries that we've seen from the wide receivers that getting a good game from the running backs, that's got to be paramount, at least in my opinion. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I would agree, and I I think they tried against the Bengals. That front of the the Cincinnati Bengals was really good at stopping the run. I was shocked at how prepared they were to stop the run. When you've got a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes – I don't know if they came to KC just thinking, look, Mahomes is gimpy. He's going to be on an ankle. He's not going to do a lot, so let's be ready for the run or what. But they certainly couldn't get anything going. Now, I think Pacheco had some yards receiving, but I think he had one yard or something like that on the ground. It was was really low, and maybe that was the game before. But they've they've got to establish the run, especially when you've got guys like Jerick McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco who are capable – of at least combining for a hundred yards. And I think, you know, the one of the keys to success for the last half of the season has been those guys and has been the ability to kind of control and manage the clock through the run game. So certainly think that's a big deal. I think you're right. I think they have a better chance of established establishing that against Philadelphia than they were, than they had against the AFC who is very difficult and very good at, it, at defending it. So I'd like to see him come out and you know right away kind of establish that. I, I don't know if I would expect that because, you know, Dana Hughes always says the Chiefs run they pass the football to establish the run game instead of vice versa, right? I always think that's it's a hard concept to grasp, but he's right. They they kind of establish the run game by getting you to back off and and force you to defend the pass, and so. Will they do that in the Super Bowl? Probably, because that's kind of their M.O., but I think eventually, maybe by the middle of the second quarter, you'll start to see the run game kind of come to light, and and they'll push it more. And that first down is just so important, right? First down dictates everything in football, and when you can rush for five yards on first down like McKinnon and like
2: Isaiah Pacheco were doing, it makes a heck of a difference. So, Dan, we get just a little bit of injury update yesterday. McCole Hardman not going to be there expected. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire actually activated. That was the news yesterday. So as we move forward, um, do we have any gut feel, insight to anything as it regards to Kadarius Toney, uh, Sneed, and Willie Gay defensively? Those three guys, to me, feel like the critical guys. Are, are they trending in the right direction, do you think, or do we have any idea yet?
0: Yes, they're trending in the right direction. I don't know if I'm supposed to be talking about this or not, but I'm going to. So yesterday uh, was a good day of practice. By all accounts, everybody that was at practice talked about Mahomes just dropping dimes left and right, like he is ready to play today. Uh, Last night was opening night, and at the opening night ceremony, I talked to several players, I talked to team doctors, they're all really happy with the progress that the team is making. Kadarius looked good. Uh, uh, Juju looked good. I, I spent some time a little bit with Juju, and I, I couldn't even tell he was injured. So, I think that I think everybody's trending in the right direction, with the exception of McColl. And now that's kind of irrelevant, right? So, uh, good news for Chiefs because I think the one thing you want to do, you want to play these games with full strength want to play against a full strength team and you want to be at full strength the last thing you want to do is limp into the playoffs and so uh really happy to hear that news of course it's early we've got a couple more days but we'll see how that unfolds but as we stand today uh, it looks good
1: dan from a defensive point of view what's the best way to limit jalen hurts um you know of course he can beat teams with his legs all day long uh, but i definitely think that from a passing perspective um, when he's on the run, when he's improvising, and then with the talented receivers that he's got in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, uh, he's been able to make things happen with them while he's on the run. So would you suggest the best way to combat what Jalen Hurts can do is to try to keep him contained in the pocket, or what do you think the best strategy to victory from a defensive perspective is?
0: Yeah, I think the, the general concept is you know to, to kind of set the edge, not let him bust it out, Hertz is only about six foot maybe one. He's not a he's not a terribly tall quarterback. He is dangerous. He's got good eyes. And he's throwing to Smith and Brown, who are incredible receivers, but again, not very tall. I, I think they're probably both about that same size. So you're you're not talking about guys like Mike Evans who can climb a ladder and just take it away from you. If he if if he throws if the quarterback throws the ball in his direction, he's gonna get it. Uh, So I think one of the things, you know, if you can keep him in the pocket and Chris Jones is going to be a key factor here because of that wingspan, his ability to pressure through the middle of the the line, you know, to kind of cave in that pocket from the center that forces hurts to to not have a a passing lane to throw in. Now he's he's making decisions and, and you're delaying the routes and. I really think a key is going to be setting that edge, keeping him in the pocket, and then caving the pocket in from the middle. Uh, that'll limit somewhat what Smith and Brown can, can do against you. I think it's important, you know, when you're playing these kinds of teams, Hurts, Smith, and Brown are going to make plays. Just like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, they're going to make plays. You just have to limit how many times they can do that.
2: Uh, all right, Dan. Let's, let's talk about... All the fanfare. When you've been to this now uh, three times at least, what's your favorite part of all this? Uh, executive oh, that- producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. You get you know to be around a lot of it. What do you like the most about this week?
0: That's an outstanding question. I um, I'll tell you. It starts from the time the team charter lands. I remember in Miami very vividly. Uh, I had worked m- multiple Super Bowls before for westwood one and cbs and nbc and but never worked it as a team and so miami in 2019 the team charter lands and i've flown probably what in the neighborhood of 400 500 charters in my career and suddenly something was very different we didn't just pull the jet steps up to the plane they hooked up a tow and they pushed us into a hangar and i thought oh this is really weird what's going on and then we walked off the plane. It was like the president of the United States walking off the of air force one. It was just incredible. And that's where it starts. That's when you land in the city that the Super Bowl is going to be played in opening night is, uh, I think really funny. It's a, an event where all of the players are out mingling around with probably near a thousand media members. I cannot imagine these guys, there's ten podiums set up, so there's ten people, ten players selected to be in the podiums, and then there's just everyone else. All the remaining 43 active players are mingling around the floor of this arena. It was in Footprint Arena, which is uh, where the uh, basketball team plays here in Phoenix. And you're getting asked, hey, what's your favorite color? You must get asked, what's your favorite color? 10, 12 times. It's crazy. It's the same questions over and over again. But watching them enjoy the spectacle is really unique, and I, and I think that's uh, so cool. I would also say that I love the access that we get. The, the league forces the teams to provide players, so you're getting access to, to the guys like Mahomes and Kelsey an abnormal amount that we might not get in a normal week. I think that's a great part. But I I don't think anything will ever compare to watching the confetti fall at the end of a victory. I, I think that one of the things that 2020 taught that locker room, in particular guys like Mahomes and Kelsey, Frank Clark, is you can lose this game. You've got to be ready and you've got to be prepared. And I think that's why. They were working so hard at practice. They practice at Arizona State University. The Eagles, of course, because the NFC is the home team, they get to practice at the Cardinals' practice facility, and the Chiefs practice at ASU. But they're practicing at an intensity that is kind of unequalled, and I think that that comes from the loss in 2020. So watching the confetti fall, holding the Lombardi Trophy, and going back to the super, going back to the hotel. For the super bowl party nothing compares to those events uh i hope we get to enjoy those again
2: yeah it uh we 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 are getting so close so close um all right dan enjoy it Uh, i know you guys have a ton of stuff coming up and you know it gets tricky and the logistics are a mess and and you know we're looking forward to all the coverage and and hopefully you get to see that confetti falling again as the Chiefs and Eagles will play Sunday night. Um, we appreciate these visits, and you know, let's, let's do it again in the aftermath and get a recap and, and all of that stuff and a look ahead to the offseason as we make our way through it.
0: I love that plan. Go Chiefs.
2: There goes Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. He's joined us all year long right here on Sports Daily. We really appreciate that. One more to go for the chiefs when we come back we'll get back to college basketball k-state trying to follow ku with a big necessary win we'll talk about that game against tcu tonight coming up next on sports daily